may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny A vital victory at Reading, sorry Reading uh, for Cardiff City this weekend with a 2-1 win after coming from behind after being 1-0 down after a textbook classic slow start which is nothing new but enough about Ben Price's start to the week after his hangover at the weekend this is the view from the Ninian Ben how's the hangover I felt a lot fresher in the past I'm not gonna lie I feel a bit of a broken man tell the listeners what you got up to at the weekend uh stag doing Manchester arrived got to the Premier Inn our oh, transport for Wales shout out to them as well for spectacularly fucking this journey up because we're supposed to arrive at quarter past uh, quarter to two got into Manchester at half past four mm. then put a claim in for the train ticket and they claimed they couldn't see any delay in the journey so shout out to them so far they've been nothing but a delight um been shamed yeah. on Cardiff City's biggest podcast yeah fuck them um got to the hotel gonna be livid. was thrown a full Swansea City kit that I had to live in for the weekend so, you, you, so you had to wear it both days? Both days. Yeah, Oof. we changed. We had to come back and change because places weren't letting me in in the evening. I, but only because it was a Swansea kit, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. it was just, that's just disgusting. You're not coming in here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was rough. Uh, were you sick? Yes. You know it's bad when you're brushing your teeth and you brush your tongue a tiny bit and it triggers a gag reflex and makes you spew. <sighs> Tom, you're, you're nodding in agreement there. Is that something you've experienced? Not this weekend, but yeah, I do feel his pain on that. It's been a while since I've done that, but yeah, it's given me flashbacks. So no vomit for you this weekend? No vomit free weekend for me. But, no Swansea but, kits? No, no Swansea kits either. Otherwise there would have been vomit. So Please. yeah. Good. Well, glad, I'm glad you went sick this weekend. Um, um, Are I'm you sick say this weekend? Something. No, I wasn't actually. Um, I can't remember the last time I was sick. Um, no, when was I last sick? <laughs> it's a <laughs> great start to a podcast. Well, I mean, we could we can move on and talk about the Reading game now. Um, <laughs> oh no, go back was... to when you were being sick. No, I think the <laughs> listeners do not want to hear about the last time I was sick. But um, if I remember it, I'll, I'm sure I'll drop it in at some point. Um, but and that probably should have been, you know, last week's conversation after the Swansea game instead of after a victory at the Select Car Leasing Stadium, um, formerly known as the Medeski Stadium in Reading. Uh, well, in Reading, it's on a roundabout near Reading, I think, uh, more than anything. Um, 2-1. Uh, went down 1-0 in the first half, came back to, to score, to win 2-1 with goals from Alfie Doherty and your man, Will Volks. Um, ben, it was a slow start. It's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, um, a lot of changes to the team, change in formation, change in keeper, changing players, and it was sort of a similar thing, which I think says a lot about the state of this team, doesn't it? And sort of, it's not a managerial issue, it's a player issue, I think. It's starting to see there's a culture in that club that sort of slow starts uh, the norm throughout. Uh, you've touched upon the keeper there, uh, Tom. Uh, he's your namesake, Dylan Phillips. Um, some question marks over his over his ability for the goal, should we say? Yeah, I think so. I think it screams as someone who's been out of the team for a while. It seemed slow to react to it, and it almost goes through his hands where you feel like if he'd had a run of games, he may have been tipping out over the bar. So I think he could have done slightly better there, to be honest. 
Um, I don't think it was just overall. Him, was it? I think oh, no. look at NG. The one drawback you've got with Perry NG playing this new role as a centre back is he's not yeah. six foot plus, is he? Mm. And he got jumped. I think that's going to happen from time to time when you're playing him like that. It's just one of those drawbacks you're going to have with him playing in that role. Um, but overall, Tom, your namesake did all right, didn't he? Apart from the goal. Yeah, important block as well. Like when they were in one on one, he was out. He was decisive for that one. He was. He was. He, he found himself into the game um, as he went through it. But I was looking at like they had a pretty fast start, Reading. But Paul Ince has come out and said that they should have been three 0 up at half time when they had two shots on target all game, and and it was expected goals of like zero point four. So uh, he, he, 1.03 was their expected goals. Oh, right, but, okay, um, there we are. Sorry. And not point, no, ours was 1.07. So, I mean, we battered won on them. stats as well. So. Absolutely battered them. But um, it just annoys me as a manager. He, he probably just believes that Tom Inch should have scored all, all three of those goals as well, though. I, guess he I didn't even know Tom Inch was playing, I'll be honest. Um, he was anonymous. That's Tom Inch. That is Tom Inch. Um it's interesting looking at the FOTMOB stats. Please sponsor us. Uh, for once, we had over 350 passes, 389 accurate passes compared to Reading's 261. We basically outpassed the team, and I think for the first time this season, on every statistic, passes, accurate passes, own half, opposition half, accurate long balls and accurate crosses. We dominated them. What was the stat they beat us on out of the passes stats on FOTMOB? 28 to 19. Long balls. Have a guess. Nope. Misplaced passes. Nope. You've had two guesses now. Let Tom have a go. What other types of passes are there? The twos. Yeah. Well, it, I, I don't think it's a pass, but for whatever reason, it's classed as a pass on FOTMOB. Okay. God knows. Go on, tell us. Throw-ins. Oh, come <laughs> it's, it's in the passes. It it's, in, look, yeah, it's in the passes there. It the is a pass. Throws. Yeah. 28 to 19. So well Fair play to them. To be honest, if you look at all the stats on FOTMOB, this shows how domineering our second half performance was. We beat them in duels, ground duels, aerial duels. We beat them on uh, tackles one, blocks, clearances. Beat them on all the passes. Expected goals by that massive 0.03, uh, 0.04 margin. Um, so I think it was Tom Ince can, uh, Paul Ince can suck it because it was a very dominating performance from us. Um, <clears throat> ben, the, the goal from Will Volks. Um, we've got it down here as a non-thunder bastard. He actually scored from inside the box. Um, I've skipped over a goal here, so I'm going to take a step back. That's Alfie Doherty's goal, which was also a nice goal. So that's seamless. Um, it was a lovely bit of play, wasn't it? Alfie Doherty's goal. It was, yeah. It's um, I'll talk about both of them. Both goals are really nicely worked and lovely little finishes. Um, it's nice to see him get a goal as well. He seemed to really enjoy it until he slipped on his ass. That was funny. Yeah, I looked, that, quite, I, looked quite dangerous, that fall. It was so good because he took about three people out as he went down. Class. Yeah. Smacked his head on the floor. Lovely finish. It was a lovely finish, to be fair. He took it so early that he got it quite close to the keeper, but the keeper just couldn't get there in time. But I think the highlight for me was I was watching the highlights on YouTube and all you can hear is some woman by the camera or by a microphone as the ball's going through going, no, no, no. But it was a goal. So did she say yes at the end? No. No, that is a shame. Um, Tom, I've already kind of led into it, but the, the goal from Will Vox was probably one of our best work goals this season. Um, it was a lovely passing move. And we we it could two of them could have scored. Isaac Davis was just behind Volks as well. Um it's odd that we we saw that kind of attacking intent from a Garda City side. 
it looked like a weird goal as well, having the two of them next to each other, kind of like <laughs> two went up in the middle of a box. It's like, what's going on here? When nobody could see these goals. But I'm now confused what type of football we're trying to play. Have we got a plan? Have we got a system? I'm all for this nice football and, you know, dominating possession to a point as well. But I I, I just don't get this. <laughs> like, I guess... I guess the question is around Saturday's game was, were we good? Which I think the stats show that we were good because we dominated the game. But is that because Reading are so bad? Reading like, is dog shit. There's nothing I... from them that suggests that if, if if they were kind of going neck and neck into a relegation battle with someone, I would bet on them to be relegated because they, they're so bad. It's just the other teams below them are seven or eight points behind them. And that gap might just be enough to keep them up. I think they controlled the game though until we scored the first one. I thought they were the... They were... They, you know, they scored early. I don't think we really caused them too many issues. It's just they kind of capitulated after we got back into the game because you can see they're a team that are relatively low on confidence. I think that's the, the slight thing that worries me. I think when we are starting games slow, every now and again, we do struggle to get back into it. But then we have seen resolve in second half performances. We've yeah. said it before where Morrison must have got into the half time and we've come out firing again. So... We're just such an up and down. I, th- I think, you know, when you bring in as many loan signings as we have, we're making changes all the time. We do, we are going to lack consistency. And it'd just be nice to see a string of 90-minute performances. But I don't think there's a fat chance we'll get that before the end of the season now. But I think I think it, it shows something that we came out in the second half and dominated so much. I think if if the first half had been poor and then we came out and got a lucky win, you might be looking at this result in a, with, through a different lens. You'd be saying... Yeah, we scored two goals, but we didn't really do anything else. But the second half was so, you know, we were all over them basically. And I don't think that there was there was much there was much to show. You know, when you're a team like Reading, they they just even they have Lucas Jow up front. You know, he scored the goal, but I don't think he did anything else during the game. Um, and I think that's testament probably to our defence and, and the return of someone like Nelson, which we'll get to. But the point Ben uh, around Volk's goal, obviously he's a few months away from being out of contract. He's been in and out of the team this season, but that shows that there, he has some quality, doesn't it? And how pleased were you for him to get that goal? Yeah, I'm pleased him just he seems like a really nice bloke on top of everything. He gets a bit of unfair stick. He's not been anywhere near as bad as some people make out. He's probably not hit the heights he thought he would as when he came over. I was really excited when we signed him from Rotherham. I thought we got an absolute gem and a steal, but it's not been the ideal move for him. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's been a bad sort. He's not. He won't go down as like a shocking transfer. And for him to score, and it's always nice to see that celebration as well, isn't it? Yeah, I thought it was quite brave of him to do the celebration when he did, because there were a few players not a million miles away from him, and I thought he may have kicked one of them in the head. If, if say, say Hugel had overrun it, takes him right out. Look, we've seen him with tackles on the pitch. You think he's going to stop at this, taking out his own teammates for a celebration? No. He's fearless. You're probably right he's to be fair. He'll happily wipe anyone or anything out. Um, another player we're happy for, Tom. Uh, lovely Curtis Nelson. Um, he's kind of been a bit persona non grata recently. Uh, hasn't really been in and around the squads. I think he was injured and then there was obviously coming back from his injury. But it says a lot for him that he slotted into a new system at the back because we've gone from the, the five at the back to the four at the back alongside NG. Someone who probably hasn't really played alongside much. And if anything, it didn't look like there was any trouble there. Yeah, I'm so glad to see that as well. Because, you know, for a while he was Mr. Dependable for us, you know. He was undroppable. He's playing every minute for us. And it's just been a bit of a pity how it's been a bit of a damn squib for them this season. I thought he'd be integral to our defence, but hoping now, you know, with a lot of people going out the door that he can like kind of find that form again and be Mr. Dependable and 
like you said, alongside NG. They're both decent footballers, you know, they're a bit more comfortable with the ball at their feet than the likes of Aidan Flint, I think. And I just like to see him now get a bit of a run in for the end of the season. So he goes into next next season with a bit of momentum. I really um, don't understand the hate he's got on Twitter either. There no. seems to be a group of fans that sort of go after him and make it like he's like one of the worst players we've ever had. Um, and I really don't understand it. He's probably not the best season he's had, but I think he's better in a two than he is in a three of the defence. Being on that left of a three hasn't suited him. I also and, think, why would you go after him over everyone? Like, yeah, he's not done a, He's not. He's not been spectacular, but he's, there's not many goals you can pinpoint and say that's exclusively his fault. He had a bit of a run, I think, where there was a few unfortunate goals where he looked clumsy and a few deflection stuff off him, and he did struggle in that system. But the problem was we were playing a system with five centre backs at one point. Yeah. Everyone looked like a donkey, and I think that you know because he was. Did, like Mr. Dependable before, it just kind of stuck out that run of games. And I think he needed a, a bit of a gap from being in the team, but it's just been a pity how long he's been away from the starting 11. But, you know, it is really, really good to see him come back. And, you know, You're we so- need people like him. We've got young, we're a squad full of youngsters. So we need a few like people who've been in and around the squad for a few seasons to come back in. Do you also think he doesn't get as much? I don't think it's the credit he deserves. Do you think he gets more stick because he doesn't seem to score as many goals as someone like Aidan Flint does? Like, you can kind of... Flint, you can go, yeah, he's got his deficiencies, but at least if he goes forward, he's likely to score or something like that. You know, he's still probably one of our top scorers. Well, Nelson doesn't seem to get on the score sheet as much. Yeah, probably. Um, but I just don't know. I just don't... I, it's something I just don't understand. He, he's a right-footed centre-back, centre-back playing in a three. It's not easy to play for anyone especially when you're not used to playing in a three and his worst like we said his worst period of form was more just the system not him um it's telling that Rolls goes off injured and he's the guy that gets the armband with a lot of players on there that have sort of played a lot of football for us so people the club obviously see a lot in him and I do think he's he's not a sort of desperately bad player and I definitely have him in the run squad next year I think I think it's because he's pretty unassuming, unassuming as well as name you've got characters yeah. like Morrison who he gets for a while, would get a bit of leeway from fans because he's a character, you know, he's been here a while as well, where Nelson isn't that type of bloke, is he? So I think he's an easy target more than anything. What I will say, Ben, is that um, I liked your reasoning there, is that he's not a desperately bad player, so we should have him around the squad next year. <laughs> no, I, think doing, way, I think, I think that's doing him a disservice. He's better than not a desperately bad player. You know what I mean. A decent, the way he's a decent championship centre-half. Yeah. Um, um, uh, talking about players who might not be here next season, Tom Phillips. Um, not your namesake, and pardon. What are we doing with Tom? I know. Sorry, that's that's a later discussion. Um, but I, I, as I was trying to make a link, it's not your namesake, but it is a goalkeeper, Alex Smithies. Um, lots of rumours circling that Nottingham Forest are interested in him. Um, his contract's obviously up. He's one of the the higher earners, and it was quite interesting to see that. Not only was he not on the bench, he wasn't in the squad at the weekend. Um, there's what, four or five games left. Phillips is back in. Do you see us seeing Smithies again this season? No, not a chance. I think that we've seen the last of him in a Cardiff City shirt. You know, where we are now mathematically safe, which is the the big news after this game. But, um, you know, he's played... Really? I didn't even know that. Ah, see, this is what I'm here for, breaking news. God, um, Premier Cardiff City podcast. I didn't even realise we're safe for another season. Well, we are, yeah. We can't go up and can't go down. So, yeah, but Smithies, yeah, he's not playing for us again. I know we had, we had Luther um, 
from Sonaro. Yeah, Rohan Lutra, who we signed, I think, from Palace. Yeah, I remember um, that story vaguely when he signed for us and then completely forgot about it again. So, at least we're, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of that. We're going to see names popping up on the bench um, that we haven't seen before, anywhere near our starting, um, anywhere near our matchday squad. But, yeah, Smithy's name certainly won't be there, in my in my opinion. I think the biggest surprise to see it was not it was um, Luther and not Ratcliffe on the yeah. bench, to be honest. Because Ratcliffe didn't play, I don't think he played in the under twenty three games the other day, and I thought that's that was a bit of a spoiler to me that someone that Smithies was being dropped. I thought it was going to be a case of Ratcliffe, Ratcliffe on the bench, Phillips starting, but um, no, um, obviously... Luthra, what year was he born? This might make you feel sick. Mm. Um, closest wins, I don't know, a hug. Ben, what year do you think he was born? Oh, it's going to be two thousand or something. It. What are we in 2021? 2003. 2006. 2006? What? Do you think he's 16? Yeah. He was born in 2002. And he can represent England or India, by the looks of things, in in the international scene. So that's um, a good bit of representation for the South Asians. I know it's uh, it's been an underrepresented kind of... um, uh, ethnicity within football and I think obviously Chopra was one of the first players to to make it to the, the kind of levels that we expected of him in, in as, 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 a, as an Indian and international so I've read something though nice it's completely irrelevant but I was watching HSTC, HTC7s on YouTube and they're on about players of like big countries that have underperformed India make it difficult for themselves the fact that you have to hold an Indian passport and can't hold citizenship with any other country to play from the national team yeah because I think because I think when Chopra was playing in India, they tried to get him to play for the international team, and it was a longer process than he thought it would be, yeah, considering he is of Indian descent. And he had to, he'd have to give up his British, British citizenship to play. Well, yeah, and, yeah. it is British citizenship at the moment, isn't it? With it Brexit is. and all that. God, you know, it's horrible at the moment out there to be British. Um, sorry, Tom, I cut you off then just to make a joke. No, it's good. It's a good joke. Yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> left it, left it alone. But you went there. It's good. No, I went there. I I couldn't leave that opportunity uh, alone. Yeah, um, so just other players. I think it was like Jan Dander when he was at Swansea. Was another one that kind of. I think I think he tweeted this week actually saying about how he'd love to represent India and just hasn't really got the chance to do it. So it, it does seem counterintuitive, really. You know, a country of that size with people across the world. That they can't take advantage of it, but you know, it might change. I tell you, boys, this yeah. is groundbreaking, isn't it? White three white men giving it views <laughs> on a different country that they know very little about on a podcast. Yeah, very true. Well, <laughs> well, well, listen, <laughs> would, would we be would be would be would we be white males if we couldn't talk confidently about something we don't know anything about? No, that's true. Yeah, good point. That's very true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, thank you very much. Um, and of course, obviously, the the Reading game there was. It was really nice to see there was a, a Cardiff City FC Disabled Supporters Association first away trip. Um, I think the, the players and the, and the staff got to stand to meet everyone. And I think um, that kind of stuff's really important, isn't it, Tom, for, for kind of um, inclusivity in, in an organisation around around the, the football club? Yeah, it seems like a really good start, you know, to see like the, the players and Morrison himself um, getting, getting into the crowd there and interacting and We've seen more of that, as we, I'm sure we'll get on to this week as well in and around the stadium. But, you know, we've given the club stick in the past for not doing stuff like this. And now's the ideal time, you know. We we can have distractions for players if they want to, like, put it that way um, at the moment because we are safe. There's nothing to really play for now. So why not get the the PR machine rolling, you know, and, and just... and 
you know, do some good things in and around the community because you might you don't get a better chance than we've got at the moment to do that. No, and I think going into the last few games of the season, obviously the Swansea game aside, but we're not going to see thirty thousand seater crowds, are we? So why not get why not reach out to the community like as they probably are doing um, with with this kind of stuff? But there's there's so many community organisations out there, isn't there, Ben, that they could hand over even if it's not free tickets, cheap tickets to get people along and, and start building those bridges within the community. Yeah, hundred percent. They should be looking at doing it. The club in the past, when things were crap, were doing tickets, offers, tickets for a fiver, everything like that. I think now's the time to do it, build up. It's still mental that season tickets haven't gone on sale for next year. No, but what did go on sale today, um, I, I got an email about it. Don't know why I got the email, uh, but Julia Bluebird's membership. So um, I'm, I'm getting me one of those, boys. So heart back to when I was a child and I had a laminated piece of paper that said I was a junior bluebird for I think like the, one of the mid nineties seasons. I can't remember which one. You get the vouchers from the West from the Western Mail as well. Oh, did I? Hell yes, I did. <laughs> um, so I think I'm signing up for another year, boys. If you guys are in, um, I don't think there was an age limit on it. Couldn't see that. So yeah, um, so who's spelling mistake? Sign- was it? <laughs> yeah, it's my privileges wrong. You know, <laughs> it's a bit of a shoddy email, but at least they're trying the right things. Yeah, well, I think I think that might be the the kind of starting gun for those. Um, God, look at the little goodie bags you get as well: crayons, a ruler, um, a little flag. This is exciting. Um, maybe Ben, <laughs> that's the kind of the year, though. How much? Twenty quid for the year. I can afford that. Don't you worry. I'll, I'll pay for all of you. I'll pay for you three. Um, you too. I don't know where the third person is. Um, but Tom, uh, you know, we talk about the Junior Bluebird stuff. I think today was the Easter Family Fun Day at the CCS um, open training session where lots of people were smiling and having a laugh as they did piggybacks on the pitch. Um, and that was just the players. Um, players going around with signed balls and giving them into the crowd, um, all that kind of good stuff. Um, Shawnee Moss was there with his new haircut. Um, that's the kind of stuff they should be doing every season, every, every, every month, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, it, it's the only way you're going to get, you know, youngsters to co- commit to Cardiff long term. You know, it's so easy to get content now about football teams that you're never going to see in real life. So, you know, but there's no better way of getting kids, you know, into a football team and getting them down a stadium, meeting famous footballers and some of our fringe players. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a great way to like, get people interactive isn't it and you know they've had such good response on twitter as well people have absolutely loved it today yeah. and, and it's really like heartwarming to see like these kids with their like their signed shirts and everything I, I would have been absolutely buzzed i'd still be buzzing now if i got a chance to do that so tell you what it's really nice to see jordan hugo giving isaac davis a signed shirt as well isaac davis was over the moon bless him <laughs> Um, yeah, and this came from a tweet by Matt Stan. Uh, not so much an ass, but I think it's worth acknowledging today's football fiesta event. Players and atmosphere was brilliant. This is how you gain fans for life. And he's got a great photo of them. Um, and I'm not going to say they're all his kids, but I assume they are four of them with signed shirts, pennants, all that kind of stuff with the broadest smiles on their faces. And Ben, that's what it's about, isn't it? Like yeah. as a football club, it's, you know, you, you, you've got a city of Cardiff on your doorstep where there's loads and loads of, of kind of young families who are looking for things to do. And by opening up your gates like this, you're going to, like he says, you're going to make fans for life. Yeah, just those moments of things that sort of build that love young. You sort of come into football at that age and you latch onto it and it's not something you sort of lose as you got get older if it's done well. Um, and the memories are sort of, let's be honest, most people's f- favourite memories of football are when they're a kid. It was us all getting in Union Park when we were youngsters. It's them now when they go and think of the CCS or think of that time, oh, that time where 
Ikpiazu signed my shirt. Um, all of those sort of moments, that's the stuff that sticks with you and that's how you get everyone tied in for life and that's how you keep this club support strong for the next generations and fair play to the club because, yeah, it's a good thing to do. It's nice and easy and hopefully you see a fair bit of it over the summer. I remember going to an event in the late 90s at the CCS. I think it was held in John Charles Street where all the players were sat lined up signing autographs. You just walked along in front of them, signed your autographs. Um, Graham Mitchell, uh, him, formerly of Wraith Rovers, uh, now I think youth team manager at Huddersfield. One season he was with the club, 46 appearances, never saw him again. Played every game and then was released, which I think is a crying shame. But he signed my piece of paper, um, signed it, moved on to the next player. And one of the other players pointed at his autograph and went, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> I felt so sorry for Graham Mitchell. He was a good defender. Um, I got the, the hypothetical question I was going to ask as well is, Tom, if you were down the stadium today as a, a fresh-faced, I don't know, 27-year-old, uh, which player would you really want to meet and get your photo with of this squad? Um, probably still Sean Morrison for me. Yeah? Yeah, just think he'd be really nice to me as well, you know, when I'm <laughs> on my phone. As, as a fresh-faced 27-year-old, I think we'll have a good conversation before I have a little photo. <laughs> probably got a lot in common. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shawnee Moss for me. Ben? Isaac Vassell to apologise for that night out where I didn't recognise him still haunts me. <laughs> Oh, that is a shame. It still genuinely haunts me. What about you, Ben? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, it would probably be lovely Curtis Nelson. Um, just so I can give him give him a bit of bit of ribbon about his brother being Wes Nelson from Love Island. I bet he um, loves that. I bet he never gets everything. I bet yeah. he never gets that sort of banter. Never happens to him. <laughs> no, never happens. It's like that episode of Father Ted where he goes go up to Victor Meldrew and say, I Don't believe it. I bet that never happens to him. Um but if not him, Dylan Phillips. I think Dylan Phillips is just like a lovely man. Um, I don't know I'm talking about his dad's Photoshop skills. Yeah. Well, listen, he's trying, Ben. All right? Well, he's deleted yeah, his Twitter account. I want to know what happened. Nah, he's probably getting done for copyright. <laughs> um, but I tell you who isn't getting done for copyright. Steve Morrison. I'm not sure that link works, but fine. Um, he's the current manager of the month. Hooray! Woo! Manager of the month. Uh I think it was manager of the month for March. Four games, uh, 10 points out of 12. Um, obviously, it was announced just after we lost the Swansea 4-0. So, unfortunate timing. Um, but, Tom, actually, I'll ask you last question. Ben, was it a deserved award? Um, I sort of looked at the candidates. It wasn't the strongest month for anyone. I'll take it away think. from him. So, out of the bunch, yeah, because somehow Steve Bruce ended up being nominated as well, which I really don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's taken West Brom from what sort of sick when he came in all the way down to mid table. Bottom half. Are they bottom half now? Oh my god! How has he got a nomination for manager of the month? So yeah, um, yeah, based on everything that was nominated, I guess so. But other than that, Christ, part of me was hoping it would be uh, Steve Cooper, so the manager of the month, because could kick in and sort of watch Forest fall out. But hmm. Tom, do you think he deserved it? Yeah, like you said, there's not much to pick from. It feels like a job they've just given to an intern on work experience for a week and gone, he's gone, I know nothing. And they've just looked down the list and gone, well, they've got 10 or 12 points. Let's just give it to him. Because, you know, they weren't exactly like sparkling performances or anything. So, but, you know, we've won something, eh? Put in the trophy cabinet. <laughs> it feels yeah, like well, one of those terrible award ceremonies you get with certain, like smaller media companies that get nominated for award. It feels like whoever turned up won the award. They sent an email to all the all the managers nominated, said, are you free on this date for a photo? Steve was the only one that said yes, and that's why he won it. 
<laughs> at least at least he won it with other people involved. I once won um, an award for in-house communications team of the year where we were the only people nominated. What's the point in that? <laughs> what is the point? I turned up and I was like looking through the brochure. I was like, oh, I wonder, if, wonder who we're nominated against. No one else, just us. So either we were the only ones who entered or the other people couldn't fill out form properly. So, um, I mean, winners though, innit? Um, I believe there is a T-shirt range coming out because I don't think Russell Martin's won a manager of the month award, has he, Tom? Not as far as I know, no. No, um, and I think Steve Morrison's got a stronger hairline than um, Russell Martin. So uh, look out for those T-shirts. Um, and you can also get a T-shirt with our next op- offer from our sponsors, Manscaped. Here at VFTN, we're all about the smooth moves. Whether it's a Joe Rawls through ball or a Shawnee Moz celebration, we simply love it when things run smooth. And that's why we're big fans of the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. We've been using their lawnmower shaver now for the past few weeks, and let me tell you, it's as smooth as Robert Earnshaw's head down there. I've been using razors and scissors to keep myself trimmed down below, but this device changes the game. Whether it's your plums, your armpits, or your chest, the lawnmower's skin-safe technology leaves you smooth and clean without any risks of bumps or nicks. And when you're done, you can use their Crop Preserver deodorant to keep things feeling super fresh down there. It's a game changer. I never knew I needed it, and now I can't live without it. And for our view from the Ninian listeners, we've teamed up with Manscaped to offer you 20% off their Performance Package 4.0. Not only do you get the Lawnmower 4.0 shaver and the Crop Preserver deodorant, but you also get the Weed Whacker. For those of you out there with that excess nose and ear hair, we see you. And a refreshing Crop Reviver tonic. You'll also get a pair of Manscaped boxes thrown in, as well as a bag to keep all your bits in. It's simply not to be missed. To get your hands on the very best in male grooming, head over to uk.manscaped.com and select the Performance Package 4.0. And at the checkout, use the code VFTNinian for 20% off your purchase. Right. To, 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 add, to the, the, add to the good feeling around Cardiff City at the moment, um, there's some congratulations in order for the Cardiff City women's teams. Um, Under-16s uh, team won the FAW Girls' Cup. The under-19s women's team won the Ardle League playoff against Wrexham. Um, Tom, how important is it that we develop this kind of bigger-than-just-the-first-team attitude at Cardiff City? Because it's something that feels like it has been lacking over the last few years. Oh, it's absolutely massive. You know, it gives everyone a boost. You know, when the under-23s are doing well, there's just a lot more positivity around the club. And it's just it's just nice to have these positive tweets and stuff going out. Like, because, you know, a lot of us aren't aware these games are going on. But, you know, it, it then does stick in your head when you start winning games and stuff like that. And it's just, it's felt like quite a wholesome week of news, really, between the Manager of the Month Award, winning a couple of trophies, the fun day as well. You know, it's been a, quite a nice, positive like week go around and I think when we were going into the pod today it was just like oh we haven't got to read out a horrible statement for the club or yeah. you know, someone else to try to sue us or anything like that so the things Don't like this and, yeah good point but you know it's just you know it's massive to have this feel-good factor and and to be inclusive as well and it's about time that we have a solid foundation for women's football as well you know we've seen plenty of other clubs who are miles ahead of us on this so it, it's it's great to see it they're starting to come in fruition Ben, how important is that inclusivity to the club? We've talked about um, the Disabled Supporters Association going to the first game of the weekend and the players meeting them. We've, you know, I think the photo that um, Matt Stan shared with us from the game showed kind of, you know, I assume they're his kids, the two or three daughters at the game kind of being happy with what was going on. And like, how important is it for them to then see a women's route to the game to play for Cardiff City and, and kind of get them excited about football that way as well? It's huge because football is for everyone. Um there's a lot of things like Cardiff, very much sort of Ninian Park days. It was very male heavy. You wouldn't see, you'd struggle oh, to see course. many families down there, like blokes taking their kid, their sons, like never, never mind sort of 
mothers and daughters down there. And it's great to see now that's changing and the club's accessible. And even more important than that is these women, these, these young ladies have got heroes to go for. You look at the popularity with the Wales women's side, for instance, yeah, I think yeah. the FAW are doing a fantastic job with their stuff there. And for the club to sort of latch onto that and be make a real effort with that would be huge because um, the FAW has spent a lot of money working to sort of develop the women's league and sort of put it on a similar level to the Welsh Prem. And yeah, for any kid now, boy or girl, now's the chance to grow up and pull on the shirt of the club they love. Because it's not always been the way with the club with Cardiff. There's been... Um, well, the women's always... has been quite tempestuous, hasn't it? Because there was well, a split. Yeah, there never... was... It's never been a straight path. No, and they've had issues with other clubs clubs in the city that try to affiliate. It's sort of not in the past. Previous regimes have been very dismissive of women's football. And it's really important to see that come along. Like Stuff like Her Game 2 and the work they're doing is really good, really encouraging to see. And it's nice to sort of see there's less and less dickheads in their tweets sort of giving them grief and everyone's sort of seeing that this is a really positive thing. And the more stuff like, the more successful the club is, the more popular women's football is going to be and the more times we're going to beat the Jacks in the women's game. And Which is the important thing, isn't it? Um, Tom, I, you know, I don't want to c- continually, uh, th- I don't want this to come across as a criticism of the club, but could should the club be doing more to promote the women's stuff? I think, you know, they have been better on Twitter. Um, you know, they've been promoting it, for, obviously talking about it from the main account and they do give it a fair, a fair due, but is there more they could do to promote the, the involvement of, of young girls trying to get into football? Is there more they can do from a community perspective to get out and into schools and, and meeting women to play football? I think, yeah, this is a stepping stone, isn't it? it you know, it's, I, there's, there's plenty of clubs doing it better than us and there's plenty who aren't doing it at all. So, you know, it, it's a step in the right direction. You know, we give, right, as a fan base, we give, you know, the social media account a, a hell of a bash in anyway for everything. So, you know, they're not great at, publicising a lot that goes on within the club so the fact that getting any visibility at all is probably a positive at the moment but you know yeah hopefully we see a lot more of it um, over the next year or two um, and, and Ben you mentioned it already but her game too um, I think there's there's a huge the huge um, props go to Brittany uh, Brittany CCFC Brittany Lang who's I think our um, kind of um, her game to uh, ambassador and I think she was involved heavily with the game recently and I think you know, in my time of supporting Cardiff City and doing this podcast, we've always had great support from from Cardiff City fans um, like Smiley Ree uh, from um, Haley Evans, who runs Fee Wales. And I think there's some really important stuff that those guys are doing in the community. So I think, you know, again, white males talking about something we probably don't know anything about. I think they're the people who should be held up as examples for, for promoting football within the community. And I know Haley on Friday, I think, for the, the Wales game, internationally organised the coach and organised a lot of support for that. So I think great work to those guys and kudos to them for, for kind of uh, pushing it on and, and, and taking it to a level that it's at at the moment. And yeah, the FAW as well, they should get huge praise for promoting the women's game because they kind of give it, they give it equal billing to the men's game and that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. It's, it's to be honest, some of the content's better because the players seem far more accessible, far more open to sort of discussing the stuff. Like the reading mean tweet stuff they did a while back was brilliant, but not just sort of highlighting the negative, sort of the positive stuff they do after every game. They're in the crowd signing girl shirts. Yeah, they, they, they spend ages, don't they, doing that? It's brilliant. The, some of the some of the marketing team give out their mortgage statements by mistake. So <laughs> it's all what. <sighs> Someone I know works in the marketing team. She had a mortgage statement in her pocket at the Flanelli game. Um, and instead of giving someone a team photo, she gave them their mortgage, mortgage statement. <laughs> That's how committed they are. Yeah. They want to see just how much effort they're putting into it, that this is my house on it. So, yeah, like everything they're doing like that. And look, get the club involved sort of doing stuff like that. And you'll have, again, we'll have supporters for life. 
and the women's game will grow when it's massively important. It is. It is. Uh, right. Moving on to the Twitter questions. Uh, we said recording a podcast later. It's been a quietish week. What do you want to ask us? And we had a, a huge range of questions. And I'll start from the top because that's how Twitter works. Uh, Benefactor, Hal Bennett, the rasping dog. Do you think it is doom and gloom this summer or will it be a renaissance under Morrison with one R, Tom? Renaissance? I just, I go through waves of this. I think someone else asked the question about what do you think your like confidence levels are um, about the recruitment you're going to do over the summer. And I range from two out of 10 to eight out of 10. You know, if you base it on our kind of recruitment in the summer, what we just done in the, in the January transfer window, then I'm optimistic, but it's one window we've done well. So I'm kind of, kind of wavering between that doom and gloom and excitement levels at the moment. Ben, you've gone on mute, Ben. How am I on mute? I haven't touched anything. Don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, look, the club have done well in January. Um, this new team's come in. I think we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sort of quietly optimistic about next season, sort of the summer. So, yeah, there's no doom and gloom for me just yet. Um, I think it might be a different story when you see the reality of the retain list. I think that's going to test a lot of people's sort of faith. But um, yeah, I think the club. They know, it feels like they know what they're doing. People like Smithy's dropping out, Pack, Bakuna, not being in the squads. This feels like there's more of a plan and they know where they're going. I think this change of shape to two at the back is going to be permanent going forward for next season. I think that's more along the lines of the team we're going to see next year. And yeah, it feels like, as much as we say the club haven't got a long-term plan, it feels like the sort of management have an idea of what they want and that's... It feels like the beginnings of a long-term plan, right? We can't have a long, you know, Morrison's only been in charge officially since January. I know he was on the interim base before that. You can't have a long-term plan within three months. You have to have the beginnings of something that you're going to try and implement, right? And I think that's, you're right, Ben, that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's starting to build. There's a project there and they feel like they've sort of understand what they're after. Um, AJ Cymru, Adam James, that's my brother. Where in the world is Isaac Vassell? Tom. Oh, I'm guessing he's on holiday somewhere. Don't know. Barbados. Ben? Barbados. Ben? Treatment room. Treatment room. I just uh, like to meet him and apologise for like not knowing him. I've just dished him out for that for being constantly injured. I, I don't think you can dish him out for being constantly injured because he is constantly he is injured. injured. Yeah. That's just facts at this stage. I feel sorry for him because obviously I can imagine it's so frustrating, but the fact that the matter is he's constantly injured as, as horrible it is, is that we have to kind of make a joke about it a little bit um, Ryan uh, Alternative Wales head honcho what would you consider to be a good season next season he put good in speech mark so sarcastic good season next season Ben um, development isn't it it's how the team kicks on is the is the club more stable are we potentially looking at a playoff push if you finish top half Ooh. next season with everything going on, I'd be quietly happy. I wouldn't be jumping for joy, but I think, yeah, top half would be a nice season, wouldn't it, given everything that's sort of going on? Top half, Tom, any advances on that? A plucky eight for you? No, playoffs, I think. You just look at the teams that have been in and around the playoffs for the last few seasons. There's always a few surprise packages. And, you know, with the summer behind us now, with youngsters coming through, they might kick on quicker than we think they will. So, I think you've got to be optimistic and hope to be one of the teams up there. You look at Luton as an example, one of the lowest wage bills in the league, and they're competing at the top. So if we're savvy with what we sign over the summer and it doesn't go doom and gloom, then why not be aiming for the playoffs? I think that would be a good 
I think that'd be a good result to next season. Anything below that would be solid until you get down to those relegation places where it becomes an absolute travesty. Uh, Sir David Carter, are we a better team in the bottom half of the league now than we were in the top half last year? Not meant to be a trick question, but I feel like when we are on it, we play better football now than when we did than when we did when we got hammered at Sheffield Wednesday, for example, when we were going into the playoffs. Ben, do you think that? Do you think we're a, we're looking like a better football team now? What do you define as better? Because for me, realistically, better is getting results, and we've not got a lot of results, but. I think we're a more promising team now than we were this time last year. It's a difficult one to say because it's so things are so different now. I didn't think things could change as much in 12 months, but you look at that team then to this team now, it's massively different. Um, I'm more excited about where we are now, but I wouldn't necessarily say we're better. Tom? I know I know what. Sir David's getting up there because I think it's the aesthetics of it, isn't it? Like the mm-hmm. we've got a load of youngsters playing in there, passing the ball around, you know, some nice quick football at times, and it's a little bit more exciting to us because we because we just weren't expecting it a couple of months ago. There was always that expectancy, you know, with the seasons leading up to the season that we 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 would be around the playoff picture. So I think we're being a little bit more lenient with performances as a fan base and the one result aside. So I think yeah, I think. The visuals of it make it seem like it's arguably better on the pitch at the moment than it was when we were further up the league. I haven't had this question for a while. James Roberts, if you could pick one player in the championship to sign for Cardiff in the summer, who would it be? Tom? Can I say Mitrovic now? But like, I think you can. I, you I can. You're allowed to say that. I can. Yeah. But, but I'd love to, for a, on a personal note, I'd love to see some like Sober Thomas come to us. Just because. Sober the Greek. Just because, yeah, Welsh bias and stuff. But I think. Ideal for us, I think a wide player with a bit of pace who can deliver a ball, which I think we're lacking at the moment. Ben Price, Brennan Johnson for those reasons. Oi, oi, Brennan Johnson. He's got the same <laughs> initials as me, but he's a better footballer. Just, just. I'm as quick as him, though. You should see me over five yards. Diff MJ, fan of the different patient possession style versus Reading, and should we carry it on for the rest of the season, preferring for next season? For me, yeah. I just think like it shows that we've got a different way of playing. I think um, you know we've we have been attritional at times this season. I think Morrison is is getting to grips with things now, and I think that's the kind of way we should be going. Do you agree, Tom? Nah, throw a few twenty-two percenters in there, confuse the opposition because confusing me. So yeah, let's keep, let's keep it just like lucky dip. Why not? Ben, yeah, I. Mix it up, I think. Not quite to the extent that Tom's gone for their 22%. Every, every 25%. Couple of, 25, 28 of the push every now and again. Yeah, just keep it. Just, I think the important thing is to be flexible. I think as much like as yoga. like... Yeah, as much as Swansea are doing, like with their style, I think the big criticism of Russell Martin is he's not flexible and doesn't adjust his tactics. Um, and that would frustrate me more than anything. If you see something that's not working in a game, be flexible and trust your game plan. And I think we're sort of... Steve, you can't argue Steve Morrison's sort of been quite good at changing the game plan. To be fair, what do you want about Swansea there? I think it was on Guardian Football Weekly earlier. Someone, I can't remember, it might have been John Bruin, described, he said, there's plenty of managers out there who are playing um, football like a pound shop uh, Ajax. And I've just watched Swansea recently. So that, that did make me laugh. That there is, <laughs> it's not, not every journalist is swooning at the way they're trying to play football. Because it, it is boring. 
like I, I don't think... want to be possession, possession for the sake of possession. You want it to have a no. Play. I was, I was, I think it's all well and good playing possession football that goes somewhere, right? And I think Fulham are the the example that do that. You know, Fulham are top scorers in the division, but I guess it's again, it's the players they've got. I'll admit that, but Fulham control possession, but they also are incisive in attack, and I think. It's ironic that we're saying this after Swansea beat us 4-0, but sometimes they can just control the possession and not really get out of their own half for a lot of the game. And I think that's that maybe that's what that's what will develop for Russell Martin next year. Who can say? Um, I don't watch Swansea that often. Um, Daniel Morgan, our old mate. Uh, this one's for both of you. Haven't commented in a while, so have another. Would you rather relive both Swansea games this year? Both Swansea games from this year, every single year, but establish ourselves in the Premier League for 10 years, or we stay in the Championship for 10 years, but never have to relive the horror. Tom? Well, it's permanently etched in my head anyway, so I'd take the 10 years in the Premier League to watching it every year. All right. Ben? Yeah, same. Oh, do, what do <laughs> you mean? Like that we have to lose two games in the Premier League in the next 10 no, years? No, no, you, you have to watch both Swansea games each oh. year. I've always like almost like a repeat performance. Oh, I thought you just had to watch them once. Yeah. Um, No, it said this every single year, but establish ourselves in the Prem for 10 years. You have to watch them every year for each year going forward. Yeah, I can take that. I'll take it for stability. Why not? All right. Very good. Very good. Jamie Pryor, is Perry NG now considered a centre-back rather than a right-back? He was superb next to Nelson in it too on the weekend. Special mention to Nelson, who was also brilliant, especially after second half after out for so long. It doesn't feel like he's going back to right-back anytime soon, does it, Ben? No. Um, why would you? He looks very comfortable. Like I said, there's going to be a drawback with him getting out-jumped every now and again, but no, he's great on the ball. He's probably not the quickest to sort of be that out-and-out wing-back in the Championship, so use his skills elsewhere, and he's been brilliant. Um, Tom, I'll ask you this one. Uh, who'd win in a fight between Steve Morrison and Paul Ince? Steve Morrison, all day long. This is from Sam Hill. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Uh, also, Nelson looked impressive and grew into the game against Reading. Always thought he looks much more comfortable in the back four than the back three. Do you see him as a big player for us in years to come and a potential captain? Um, I think we talked about that earlier. Yayan, is there any point in playing players who are going to leave? They must have some idea about going to now. I think players like Davis, Colwell, Baggin, Kim, De- King, Denham, Radcliffe should be playing most of the games now. Ben, would you like to see more of people like Denham and King? They obviously played against Liverpool and didn't look out of, out of place. So why not give them a run in the last five games? I'd like to, but I think the issue comes with um, the league. Uh, Morrison said in his press conference before the Reading game that he's got a letter on his desk saying that he's that the integrity of each game has got to be reminded and you can't just play a youth team, blah, 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 because Reading were in a relegation battle. Um, but yeah, there's no reason why sort of when you're looking to make substitutions now, at least give them half an hour every now and again. Give them a bit of game time now and see what they're up against. Because, yeah, it'd be a shame for them to play that well at Liverpool and not be seen again for the rest of the season. That letter sounds like... I, I know what you mean about that letter and the integrity of composition of competition, but, like, it's Steve Morrison's squad. He can do what the fuck he wants. Well, we've earned it. We've stayed up. Like, yeah. if he wants us to take the squad in a year that we've been ravaged by COVID... And, you know, players' welfare and stuff. If he wants to play new players, so we've got a deeper squad going into to next season, then more power to him. I think that's, you know, I get they're trying to avoid what you had with, was it like, well, like the went in that end season of the Prem when I think was the Sheffield United went down and things like that. But so what? It, it, it's a competition. It's over a whole season. If you haven't done enough to stay up by that point, then that's your own fault. So I, the player we want, I think. I think, that's, I think that's poor from the league personally. 
unfortunately that doesn't we can't get a game now because the registration window's closed oh actually no we could get a game we weren't registered at another club in january so um you were oh yeah you were in, i always was in england as well tom you can have a game sorted but i'll represent <laughs> no problem Lovely, good, glad. Uh, Anthony Jones, to see that James Connolly has been having a good loan period at Bristol Rovers with their fans raving about him. With centre-half being an issue next season, would you give him a go along with Denham? I think he deserves a pre-season. I think Bristol have been having a, a really good run under Joey Barton. I think they're they're up to about fourth in League Two. Um, and I think they could be knocking on door of, of, of promotion. It's exactly the thing you should be doing with loan players, right? Getting them game time, bring them back for pre-season and assess them then. And I think, you know, Denham, I think, has already shown that you could cut it... Uh, Maybe not cut it at this level, but he's got the potential to cut it at this level. So why not give them both a go? Uh, Simon Hiscox, tell me why I should renew my season ticket next year. Tell me everything's going to be all right. We'll have a competitive squad playing attractive four-carded football. Tell me it'll be fun. Ben, over to you. Will it be fun? It'll be fun. Tom, Can we stroke his tail while I'm doing it? Because it seems like the sort of thing... Yeah, uh, g- give him a hug. This seems like the beginning of a breakdown. And I think it's important to ask, are you okay? Uh, Tom? I think it'll be a fun season. I think we've got an exciting squad. I think we've got a lot of youngsters who could make a real impression next year. And I think it'd be a, an awesome decision to lock yourself into a season of fun football. We've had a couple of quite. You can't lock yourself in because the clubs don't fucking put them on sale. Yeah, you can't get season ticket yet. Well, plan to do mad, it. Though, isn't it? April, when we haven't had season April, ticket yeah. I think the um, wait length is always a week between the, the, the Derby yeah. result. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a couple of questions from people like Josh Marsh along the line of please do a keep sell with the whole squad. Um, how would you go into next season with a few signing options? I think that's something we'll build up to for one of the, the end of season extravaganzas just because um, there's five games left and it could change everything. Uh, Tom, this one's for you. Reese Davis, Ben Woodburn is out of contract in the summer. He's flat to see recently, but would you like to see him in a Cardiff shirt? He's doing all right at Hearts. Um, it could be on relatively low wages. Would you take him? I don't think so. I think we've got enough promising youngsters in our squad at the moment. Um, I think, I no, nah, I, I don't think he's the type of player we should be bringing in. I think we need something a bit more solid to complement what we've already got. Ben? No. I wouldn't okay. be bringing him in. A Bluebird legend. I'll be the judge of that. Reading's ground needs to have safe standing in the away section. Rails will stop the amount of people getting hurt there over the years. Also the coldest ground I've ever been to. Um, freezing. Uh, Lee Spear, there was something we missed talking about, Ben. How do we feel about the rumours of potential interest in the club? Oh, yeah. Um, no, we talked about it last week, didn't we? I think so. I can't remember. Week's a long time in football. Yeah. Um, yeah, even if we didn't, if we did, my opinion is the club can't be sold until the court cases are handled. And, yeah, I wouldn't get too excited right now. Oh. Tom, would you get excited? It's a case of kind of like, is it the better, better the W no and stuff like that? But there's always going to be an air of excitement when you are linked with new owners. But then when it comes out to someone like Mike Ashley or something, I think that will soon turn to dust. So I'm, I I, I'm a little bit apprehensive by it and a little bit worried about who it could be. Mike Ashley was a very sensible owner for Newcastle. Turned him a profit every year, invested in the squad when he could, got them back out the championship, and kept them up last season. This feels like a sports direct police sponsorous moment. But also got them relegated <laughs> twice as well. They're getting relegated twice, but he always got them back up and he gave them lovely mugs, lovely big mugs to drink their tea out of. <laughs> um, 
Or you had to pay a pound each, obviously. Brandon Arthur, is it time for Will Vox to push on now and score a few more traditional goals and cement a starting place moving forward? Um, I'd love to see him starting going forward, but he's got five games to to earn a contract and who knows what will happen after that. Um, it's just so unknown at the moment. And you and Barber's questions along that line. Would you rather keep players who are out of contract? Is it easier and we know what we're getting? Or would you take the risk with new players being brought in? Tom, stick or twist? One, Volks. No, on players who are out of contract or new players altogether. We need freshening up, but you, I think... Well, you so stick on some and twist on others? Yeah, Is that what you're trying to proper say? proper politician's answer, yeah. I think, you know, you'd hope that there is some plan in there. They've already got their eyes on certain players. So you can make an educated decision on that already if you're, you know, within our recruitment team. But I think we do need some fresh faces in. Um, but someone like Volks, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around because he's a great squad player and he does go in bursts of games. He did that under Neil Harris where he was integral to getting us into the playoff picture. So I think he's handy to keep around. But I, like we said, we'll do the keep ourselves further down the line. But I think there's plenty of bodies you could let go at the end of the season if you've, if you've got stuff lined up. Uh, Ellis Hearn. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice went funny. Ellis Hearn. Great to get a win at Reading. I think if, I think if we get rid of Flint and Smithies, I think a back four with NG McGuinness, Nelson Baggins sounds quite exciting with Denham to come in when needed. I'd very much like that. Uh, Stu, uh, Longshank79. This is a yes or no answer for you, Ben. Straight off the gate, what what comes to your head? Would you offer Will Box a new contract? No, not right no, now. No, boo you. Uh, Oliver Reese, Tom, save one. Swansea City or the England national football team catches you have to support the one you save. Oh, why do I? Oh, why couldn't I have the Will Box yes or no? Because you'd already answered, you answered the one before. So oh, it's I did. I'm fragile. Leave me alone. Yeah, this could make Ben cry. Oh, I, I, can I just refuse to answer? No. Five. Oh, right. Instinct. Three, two, one. Oh, what was the guy? Which one? Have I say, do I have to save, say You're saving? saving either Swansea or England, but you have to support the team you save. Ah, oh, uh, save Swansea. Oh, that feels horrible. <laughs> this next podcast will be The View from the Liberty. Oh, um, ben, do you, do you want to have a guess at that one? No, have a go. You. I'm not in an emotional state to deal with that. Oh, that's all right. And I think that question is followed up aptly by Alan Griffiths just saying, just a boomer from me. Boomer. <laughs> um, Gabriel Sutton, uh, he asked, what percentage of next season's first team squad will be made up of academy graduates? I've got a feeling it'll be a third starting most games. If you think Baggin, if you think um, Isaac Davis, um, uh, maybe Mark Harris, and potentially someone like Denham. Tom, would you like to see more? I think, yeah, I think there'll be some games we'll see over half of our team academy graduates, which is awesome to see. Ben? Yeah, I've five could easily be starting regularly, possibly six, with Davis, Harris, Colwell. Yeah, you're looking a strong start. I, I forgot Colwell. Um, uh, George Lilly, does Nelson have a spot in the team next season? It could be in and out or even sold. Also, Volksy signed the contract. I think we've covered that off. K49745, do you think we'll see any of Kiefer Moore's money in the summer, Tom? No. Well, sorry, say that again. It's a simple question, Tom. It do you was, think we'll yeah. see any of the Kiefer Moore money in the summer? Sorry. Um, a little bit. I don't think we'll see all How of much? it. How much? Two quid? Yeah. Just to pay for some new bibs. 
And then for you, Ben, from the same gentleman, K47974759499479. Favorite card is City Shithousery this season. Is he a Russian bot supporting? Cars? No, he's not. He's he always he messages. He's a nice chap. Not fair enough. I apologize for getting pissed, but um, I'm trying to think now. Um, I don't know. McCarthy playing a back five and then getting criticized <laughs> for it and doing it again. I know it backfired on us massively, but fair play to him. Did Flint going on about the phone charger being thrown at him a black ball. That was quite funny. Yeah, Flint just jumping up and down in front of the wall is always good. Yeah. Tom, have you got any favourite shit, Azri? I felt like there was a like a lot of it in the first few games where we picked up a few results of us trying to wind up fan bases and stuff. And like I think Blackpool sticks out, but kind of rightly died out then when we were absolutely shocking. So I've got it. He's got it. Well, Ben. Birmingham game, Marlon Pack and Will Vox just going ah as he's, they were walking down the tunnels full of Birmingham fans. Yeah, Barnsley. Barnsley away, yeah. Uh, the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. That, all good, all good stuff, all good stuff. And Daniel Morgan's back again. Um, I think I've got an answer to this one, but I'm asking you first, Ben. Would you rather get a Swansea badge tattooed across your chest or yell, you jack bastards, every time you hear the word goal? So I had to, it's part of my stag thing, obviously we're in the Swansea kit. The boys made me, every time Swansea scored on the weekend, jump up in the middle of a pub and shout, you jack bastards, you jack bastards. And experiencing that on a weekend for just, Two goals was bad enough, so I'd rather get the tattoo and keep clothes firmly welded to my chest forever. Tom, I'm not getting a tattoo of them, even though I've just saved them. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, this you. has been a this has <laughs> yeah. been a tough a tough Q and A for you, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, this has been absolutely done doing the whole thing. But no, I'm, there's no way I'm getting a tattoo of those idiots on me. So yeah, I'll shout you, jock bastards. All right. Good. That's the end of the Q&A. Um, ben, you have an update about the shirts? Yes. So checked with it. There's been a slight delay, but they will be just looking for dispatch early next week. So sorry that they've not quite arrived when we thought they would, but there's a global pandemic. It's not our fault. It's the bloke that ate the bat. That's the meme, right? Like the domino effect. Bloke who ate a bat. The view from the Indian football shirts getting delayed. That's yeah, exactly. This is the big um, crime of the COVID pandemic is... Your shirts haven't arrived with you when we said they would, and we apologise. Even our shirts haven't arrived. You know, we're the, we're the founders of this bloody podcast, and we don't get the shirts earlier than you guys, so quit your yapping. Um, <laughs> no one's been yapping. Uh, we'll also tweet that as well at twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. All that's left to say is we've got Hull on Friday. Um, Tom, does it matter anymore? <laughs> this is going to be the preview for every game now, isn't it, till the end of the season? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it'd be nice to see youngsters play, but apart from that, nah, it doesn't matter. We'll all have a, just have a lovely time in the stands instead. Ben, what would you like to see happen at Hull? Um, in general, in Hull, bulldozed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, pick three points, decent performance, kick on from what we've done with the Reading game and hopefully build some momentum going into next year. Uh, they won at the weekend, uh, Tom. They won 1-0. Um, their striker who's very happy about playing football, that's Keen Lewis Potter. Uh, he got the goal to make it 1-0. Get it? Keen Lewis Potter? It's a great joke. Um, uh, not, they, they kind of got rid of um, Grant McCann, got new owners in, but they haven't really pushed up the table. Um, all that is to say that, look, I kind of do know a little bit about what's going on in the championship, but at this stage of the season, it's hard to get excited about it, isn't it? Because I think we're both largely safe from relegation. Um, 
is it going to be? Because Grant McCann like tweeted this week saying how big an achievement it is for Hull staying up this season. And I think a lot of people will probably echo that. I think he said it's a bigger achievement than their promotion back up to the championship. So it shows that they're a club who've been struggling over the last few years. So it's been a pretty decent showing for them to stay up, but you know, they're safe now as well. So I'd be hoping we'd be able to turn them over really as a bit of momentum to go into next season. We always Ben seem to play Hull quite late in the season, don't we? Um, yeah, promotion year, we we beat always them two one. Yeah, um, so go on, Ed. Give us your predictions. What's going? What's the event that's going to happen at the uh, the what's the stadium called? The Chaos. Stadium? It's not the case. It's KCOM, isn't it? KCOM Stadium. What's going to happen this week at the KCOM? Um, a gorilla is going to invade the pitch. Oh no, Harambe's back. <laughs> Get shot again. Yeah. So a gorilla's going to invade the pitch. That's yeah, your that's, realistic prediction about what's going to happen on Friday. That's my prediction, yeah. All right. Um, Tom, anything you know Easter-related? No, it's just, just as bizarre as I was going to say, I reckon we'll win 3-0. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's more likely? He gorilla invading the pitch. Far, he? Yeah. God, I have a realistic prediction, for fuck's sake. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I think everyone's just going to have a nice time up in Hull. Um, nice part of the world, nice stadium, lovely it's people. Not a nice part of the world, it's a shit. Off. Listen, Ben, I have to like be the diplomat to your you know running your mouth off. Um, so I'm just trying to curry favor with the whole Hull fans. Oh, that strong demographic board. we've got in Hull, huge. I don't know how many listeners other podcasts get in Hull, but we've got thousands up there. That's a real enclave of Cardiff City support. <laughs> Um, this podcast is is slowly running out of steam, so I'll, I'll 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 pull the brakes up now and make sure that we're finished it in good time. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the View from the Ninian. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash vft ninian. If you like what we do and you want to give us some money, you can go to Kofi or Coffee. I can I can never remember what it's called. Ko fi.com forward slash vft ninian. Um, you can email us if you want vft ninian at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Five stars is lovely. Um, buy our sponsors stuff um tom have i missed anything no i think you've pretty much covered it there ben good thank you tom ben did i miss anything no even if you did i want to pay attention no good didn't think you were all the best see you later goodbye they may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City, it's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian